Hello. Well, it's always a good day when I'm joined by the lovely Charlotte Crichton from UKCV family. And today I am joined with, Char by Char with Charlotte and I'm over the moon to see you, Charlotte. Welcome back to UK Column. Tell us, tell us a little bit, Charlotte, for people that haven't already seen you. Tell us about you and tell us about UKCV family. Hi, Debbie. It's really nice to be back. I always love speaking to you, so it's a pleasure. Um, my name's Charlotte. Um, I was injured by AstraZeneca in 2021. And in November 21, I set up the support group UKCV Family, along with a great team of other injured people that are all um, helping to run the group and organise different campaigns and advocate for people. And uh, it's been I know you've followed us um, and been on the journey with us, but it's been a, a long two years. Um, we've achieved quite a lot, but there's still a lot more to achieve in terms of kind of support and advocacy for people that are vaccine injured or bereaved. Charlotte, you're absolutely right. We have followed you. And I just want to remind people that when we first spoke to you, I don't think even you, because we have to remember, Charlotte, that you yourself are vaccine injured and you yourself have been through quite a turbulent time with your medical condition. I don't think perhaps you expected the influx of members and people seeking your support because this is a, a free a free service. This is a support group. This is where people with vaccine injuries can go to get advice and, and be with other, other people that are suffering the same. When we first interviewed you, I think even then, startlingly, we had about, I think you had about 400 members. Um, how many members do you have now, Charlotte? We have around 1,200, but that's not including the members in the bereaved group because we've got three different support groups now. So we have um, a, an injured group and we have around 1,200 in that. Um, we have at the moment around 10 joining per week. Um, in that group and then in the bereaved group we have about 90 people um, and then in the extended family group which is a group we set up to support our families and the people that are caring for us so that they've got a group to kind of talk to each other and, and support each other in because although this has changed our lives it's also changed the lives of our our loved ones because they've become our carers and and we depend on them a lot more than what we used to um even those that are kind of still functioning and injured so some people are functioning they're going to work but they're still suffering from a chronic type illness um they still need a lot more support than what they did before and then right the way through to to very severe cases where people are bed bound, wheelchair bound, house bound and need support with everything. Um, so we we realised that our loved ones needed a kind of sounding board where they could talk to each other um, about what they're going through as well, because it's changed. It's changed the whole family's lives. It hasn't just changed our lives. It's affected. It's had a ripple effect on the whole family um, and our friends. So um it, it was important to set up a, a, a group just for them as well so in total I'd guess probably about 14 1500 in all the groups um but as I say we have 
about 10 joining the the injured group every week and we filter them out when they join so I think we have about 100 people apply to get into our group every month or maybe even 150 um, and out of those 150 last month only 38 we found were actually injured and needed to be there so we're very careful our admin team are very careful to kind of filter out people that are and are not injured and then we have a public supporters page for people that aren't injured that try to join our group and we direct them to that now because that's where we post all our latest news our updates about our campaign ways in which people can help us if they want to um and I feel that page is, for me, it's kind of the way we bring people together, the way we bring people that are unvaccinated, vaccinated and not injured, injured, injured or bereaved. We bring them all together on that page because it's a non-judgmental page. It's a page where we don't post any kind of political views about the vaccines or about the rollout. We just literally post what our group is going through, our campaigns and how people can help us and join us in that. And I think we must also mention too, because I noticed that you didn't, so I will, is that on your amazing website, you also have a donate page because we have to remember that this is a a free support group and you're doing an amazing amount of work. You're making huge amounts of phone calls, many trips, journeys to parliament as well. And this all costs money and time and We'll just flash up about uh, your donate page so that people know that if they'd like to donate, where to go to. Because you're absolutely right, Charlotte. Um, this does have big knock-on effects to many people. And this is we're talking people have lost their jobs, they've lost their businesses, some have even lost their their whole family network, support network around them. And sadly, I know that a few of them have lost their lives, haven't they? They've taken their own lives. Yeah, um, it's it's a common topic in the injured community, um, suicide, uh, because it, it affects people so severely, so suddenly, and there's little support out there, you know, medically, financially and emotionally. Uh, we all know the, the strains that are happening in mental health services, the NHS, you know, it's extremely difficult to get any type of support if you're injured or not. And it's even more harder to get support if you are vaccine injured. So you feel you're in this, well, you are in this marginalised group and you feel like there's not much support other than the support we give each other. And some people have lost their businesses like myself I've lost my business um that I take a, I took a lot of years to build up I had a very solid client base I was always busy I was turning work away um they've lost some people have lost homes and family friends you know that haven't wanted to stick around with them throughout their illness so you become a very in a very kind of lonely place and for some people that and the constant illness that they face the pain the the fatigue the nausea and it is constant yes we do have remissions um and it fluctuates especially now it's two years on for me it kind of fluctuates by each hour each day but it is still a very difficult place to be and unfortunately 
some people have have, have actually gone to to the lengths of of taking their own lives, and it's it's devastating to to know that. Um, we had someone on the group last year that did that, and it was planned, so he knew what he was doing. It was thought through, um, and it was his choice. And that's the thing in this whole situation, we feel like our choices have been removed. We have no choices, but that was one choice he took. And um, the one thing that we're concentrating on in the group is trying to get mental health support for our members. And we have had amazing support from Dr. Christian Buckland, as you know, he's he's stuck with us through thick and thin, um, He's even represented us recently in a meeting. So we are we are starting to get some volunteer psychologists to work with the group because the last thing we want to do is see more people consider suicide as an option. Um, but unfortunately, yes, we've we've had just this weekend someone on the international group group took their life. So it's a very very sore subject for a lot of us um but it's one that we have to talk about we do have to talk about um feeling suicidal and having suicidal thoughts because i can guarantee you that if you talk to someone that's been vaccine injured they would have contemplated it at some point or another that's a very that's a very sobering thought isn't it um and i think what you said there was so poignant charlotte because it is a lonely place i can only imagine what it must be like for somebody that suddenly discovers that they're vaccine injured they must feel incredibly alone so your group is literally a lifeline i mean we're two years on now charlotte and the rise in numbers in your group is extraordinary that you're now at i think you said you'd had 37 new members in a month that's more than one a day can I ask you, are you seeing people joining your group now who are suffering adverse reactions and only just knowing that maybe after having one jab or two jabs? Or are you seeing people that are having had the boosters coming to you with adverse reactions? Because um, I, I know that a lot of people that had the injection back in 2021, some are only now becoming ill and are now starting to join the dots and realise that things started to go wrong, perhaps from when having the injection. What's your experience of the circumstances that people are joining the group? Well, we rarely get people that have said to us, it's only two years later that I've joined the dots up, though that does happen. Um, but what normally happens is um, someone will join the group and say, you know, I've been ill, I had an adverse reaction in 2021, but I've only just found your group. Um, so we get that. And um, so they've they've been suffering on their own and not had any mutual support for two years. And then we do get people, we are finding people joining the group now that have had a booster, um, either a first booster, second booster, third booster. I, th I can't remember how many boosters that we're on now. Um, but we are getting people that have had a booster and then that's triggered an adverse reaction. So I don't know, it seems to be in some people there's a kind of a cumulative effect. Um, maybe that's, you know, it's obviously just me inferring that. 
from what I've seen, but it does seem to be that with some people, there seems to be a kind of an accumulative effect. Charlotte, if, uh, I mean, a lot of people are going to be watching this now and perhaps they're thinking, yes, this is me. Um, and they're only just hearing about your group for the first time. Or maybe it's a relative that's watching now and thinking, this is this is applicable to me. How do I get the message to my relative to to contact you? When someone contacts you, what what's the, what happens next? What can they expect from you? Because you know we must remember that your group is run by everyone is vaccine injured. So you know how you do this, I absolutely have no clue. But what can they expect when they contact the group? Firstly, the way we do it is that we have a lot of people, injured people that are volunteering to help because we all we all work in pairs really. So we have more admin for the group than what we should do, what we what you would normally have. And that's because on any given day, one of us, two of us, three of us, four of us can be too ill to do anything. And our motto is that we never compromise our own health. So um we make sure that people put their own health first before they commence their volunteer voluntary actions for the group. So that's the way we do that. Um, and secondly, when someone contacts us, um, the first contact will probably be either by applying to join the group or it will be via our email address. And um, Megan is vaccine injured and she answers most of the emails that you we get into the inbox. and. Um, the first message is, you know, you're not alone. We're here for you. We're here with you. Um, and and that that is quite comforting to most people. It doesn't sound it, but it is um, just to hear those words, you know, you're not alone. Um, so the first piece, piece of advice is we join them up to the group. Um, then we tell them about the yellow card scheme and we ask if they would consider submitting a yellow card if they haven't um, and we also remind them to make sure they get an ADR number when they submit a yellow card now that is your adverse reaction number and it's like a a serial number they give you um, when you submit a yellow card anyone can submit a yellow card by the way it's not just someone that's injured if your relative is injured you can submit a yellow card on their behalf so this is really important because a lot of people aren't submitting yellow cards so I think it's it's really important that if you know someone that is that's close to you that's vaccine injured and isn't able to cognitively do the forms and submit a yellow card um, you can do that for them and GP should be submitting a yellow card on your behalf as well so if you are in contact and have a good relationship with your GP get them to submit a yellow card on your behalf. Um, so the yellow card's the second thing. The third thing is, so we ask them if they're supported emotionally, financially and physically. So we ask them how, what are their finances like? You know, do they need to apply for things like personal independence payment, ESA? And we can send them the links for those and some fact sheets on how to apply for PIP and things like that. Um, because financially this has hit us all really quite hard. Um, I'm living in my overdraft, something I haven't done since I was 20-something. <laughs> so it's uh, it's quite a difficult financial situation. 
Um, and then obviously we ask them to apply when they're ready for the vaccine damage payment scheme. Um, it's a one-off payment of £120,000 given by the government. And a lot of people assume who aren't vaccine injured that you will automatically get this. So if you've had an adverse reaction on your medical records, you're going to automatically get the vaccine damage payment. You know, the government are doing something for you. And this is what I get a lot of, this is what I get a lot personally said to me. Oh, but the government of, did you know the government will pay you this? Well, the vaccine damage payment scheme is a little bit more complicated than that. And you have to meet certain criteria based on the MHRA's Green Book guidance and the WHO criteria of causation and disability. So you have to hit 60% disability. So you have to be at least 60% disabled by the vaccine for life. And you also have to have it, the causation. So it has to be, a, there has to be a causal link in the eyes of the MHRA, the government and WHO. Um, if you fail on either of these points, then you're rejected. And I believe the figure is 96% of people are rejected. However, we say to everyone, if you've had an adverse reaction, put a claim in. Even if you can't fill out the form properly, just put a claim in. It needs to go in now. You've got six years from the date of your injury to get the claim in which is quite often confused with litigation. So if you want to take litigation, which is a legal case um, outside of that, then you have three years from the date of your injury. So three years. So for me, it was 2021 February. I've now got till February 2024 to put a legal claim in. Um, so the vaccine damage payment scheme isn't a claim. It's not classed as compensation. It, it was set up to, as in their words, ease the burden for families who've of people who've suffered an adverse reaction. So it's kind of like a gratis payment to kind of tide you over. Um, however, claims are taking a long time. Um, people aren't people are getting rejected on causation and disability. So if you're only fifty five percent disabled, I say only, um, <laughs> you will be rejected. But that's the next step. So I, we say to people, put a claim in for the VDPS, um, regardless of what you think the outcome will be. Just get the claim in. The next thing we do is um, point them to Alex Kelly's. CVIB, COVID Vaccine Injured and Bereaved Legal Fund. And it's a fund that she set up um, after her mum passed away from the AstraZeneca vaccine. And she had to fight to get a judicial review um, so that, that this was put on her mother's death certificate. She had to uh, speak to the coroner and get it all sorted out legally. And she realised that a lot of people wouldn't have the money to do that. So she set up a fund and that fund is supporting a lot of people in our group with their appeals for the vaccine damage payment scheme at the moment. No, it's extraordinary, Charlotte, because I'm listening to you and I, I know uh, many people who have gone through the benefits system applying for personal independence payments um, and disability allowance. And it's a nightmare. And 
it's particularly shocking, I think, that people like you who are vaccine injured, who are not very well, many of you are struggling to get up in the morning, even to get out of bed. So to have to make all of these phone calls and fill in multitude forms, and I've seen a PIP form, many PIP forms, and they run into 40, 50 pages, and they're a nightmare to fill in. And if you don't fill those in correctly, you'll get rejected. So the amount of hurdles that are being put in your way is, is I mean, it, it's a nightmare. I, I, I completely get that. And I think it is really important. We'll put a link up to Alex's page. We we have interviewed Alex and Peter Todd um, at UK Column. So we'll make sure to put a link to that in the um, article beneath this, this interview, because I have to say that many people I'm hearing from, and this is without speaking to you, Charlotte, this is just what I'm hearing within the community. Many people simply cannot afford to even seek private medical treatment. They're not getting access to what they need in the NHS. And many, if they've got some funds, have used those funds to seek private help and private tests. Are you seeing a lot of that as well in the fact that, I mean, I think my question to you is, is what is the NHS like at the moment for people that are vaccine injured? Are you getting seen? Are you getting any answers? Are you getting any empathy, understanding from the NHS? Well, it's changed a lot. So there is a lot more empathy out there. There is a lot more understanding. You know, we're getting feedback from some of our members that um, they've been treated really well. Um, however, it's it's still finding those, those sympathetic doctors and, and nurses and consultants um, there are still some that are quite unsympathetic out there as well. So it's difficult. It's difficult for anyone navigating the NHS at the moment, but it's even more difficult when you are ill with something that is so stigmatised. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's really important to emphasise that there are there are caring doctors out there. There are caring consultants. There are caring nurses. We've we've seen them. We've spoken to them. So they are out there and they are growing in numbers. I think they're seeing quite a few of us. So um, that's becoming more obvious to them that there is something that they need to address. However, until the guidelines are rewritten until this is acknowledged more within the government and the MHRA um there's still a hymn sheet that everyone sings from and I think it's very important that we note that there's something in this country called ICD uh, which is a code for different conditions it's almost like the key to the door so if you've got a condition it's got a code and then you can get treatment and you can get recognition for that particular condition and it's interesting to know that we have a vaccine um we have an unvaccinated icd11 code but we don't have a code for the vaccine injured and i think that's extremely relevant in the fact that technically you almost get locked out before it's almost like you're set up to fail before you start but i think something that we've spoken about before and i think it's really important 
you've you've brought up this phrase honest conversation and i think this is so pertinent at the moment that many of us have to have what you describe as honest conversations charlotte tell us a bit more about your honest conversations i think it stems from from being from people not not believing us but believing so heavily that one size fits all where it comes to these sorts of things and you know there was there's a a post on the group today about someone's parents talking to them and saying that they're going for their booster when they know that this person that their <clears throat> their daughter has been vaccine injured and her life has been completely turned upside down by by the vaccine yet they're telling her that they're going for a booster or they've been called for a booster and 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 this lady understandably is distraught because she said why would my parents tell me this why would they talk to me about it why would they bring that up when when I've been so ill you know if you could make a comparison um would you do that to someone you know something that caused them so much trauma would you say that you're about to do the same thing that caused their illness uh, it's a really really upsetting thing to hear and it it sounds like the person that's saying it to you is saying it very flippantly but i've thought about it and i actually think that people that say this to us maybe our loved ones maybe they're worried and they're saying it in passing because they want to have an honest conversation with us about exactly what we've been through and maybe they want to talk more about it but they don't know how however the way they go about it is extremely traumatizing so you know in my case i would be inclined to say to them we can have an honest conversation about this and we can sit down and we can talk and I can talk you through everything that's happened to me and happened to the people in my group and and what we think is going on with our our bodies or please don't talk to me about it at all please don't tell me if you're going for a booster because it's extremely traumatizing for me um to know one to know that you're going and, and then I'm going to be worried about you and two, to know that you are telling me you're doing this because it feels like another form of gaslighting. So I think I think we'll avoid difficult conversations with people, especially people we love, and that's not always the right way to go. You know, sometimes you have to sit down and be really honest with people and have difficult, painful conversations, and it's going to hurt them to hear what you have to say. And it's going to hurt you a little bit to hear what they have to say. But at least you're going to understand each other a little bit better. And I think we need to have more honest conversations. And I want to have a little bit of an honest conversation with you now, Charlotte, about unvaccinated. Um, because we see many reports in the mainstream media which say that the unvaccinated are making lives very difficult for those that are vaccinated. And as somebody that's unvaccinated, I find that really, really difficult to read because in my experience, and it's only my experience, um, 
I found that the people that are unvaccinated that I know are incredibly, incredibly empathetic and want to support and walk with you, your journey. But I'm not you. So how are your group and, and people in general, and this is an honest question, how are you finding interactions with the unvaccinated? It's a strange concept because, you know, both my sons are unvaccinated, so, and it, it, it doesn't feel like it should be a thing. We're all human beings, aren't we? Um, and it's just a medical procedure. So it feels odd to me that there should be a differentiation between vaccinated and unvaccinated people because we're all human. But there, there, there clearly was a divide and it wasn't of our construct. It wasn't of the people, the public's construct. And we were told, weren't we, that the vaccines will reduce transmission. You know, they'll, they'll stop people from spreading the virus. So there was a divide. And, um, and I think on, on the whole, people are kind and the, everyone's just trying to do their best, aren't they, in life? They're not, they're not trying to, you don't get up in the morning and think, how can I make someone else's life difficult? And you certainly don't get up in the morning and think, how can I make someone else's life difficult because they didn't take a medical procedure that I did. <laughs> and and being someone that's injured, I certainly don't think that. So um, I hear a lot of, I was telling you, I was telling people, I was screaming at people not to get a vaccine. And now this has happened to you. I told you what would happen and it's happened to you. You don't have my sympathy. So I do I do hear that from people that are unvaccinated. And that kind of hurts a little bit because, you know, unless you're looking in the right place, you don't see that. You don't, we didn't see that, you know. Um, it wasn't on the news, was it? The, the protests and things, the rallies that were in London, they weren't on the news. Um, so we didn't see that. We just saw constant messaging that um, the vaccines would reduce transmission and the restrictions that were being placed on people. And, and that was that. So I do hear that, which feels unkind, but I can understand why people feel like that. I do understand why people feel like that. Um, and then, and then you get people that, that will offer help. So there is some absolutely lovely people that have contacted our group. Um, I've had conversations with people all over the country that have wanted to help us and are helping us in various ways. So there are some very, very kind and compassionate people out there that are, you know, they tell me I'm unvaccinated. So I know that they're unvaccinated. I don't feel it should be a thing that we need to tell people whether we're vaccinated or not, because then it's just just as bad as the apps and the restrictions. Why do we need? Why do we feel the need to tell people? Um, it shouldn't be a thing. And 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 indeed, there are people that are vaccinated that have told me, you know, I had one and I saw what you went through, and I'm not going to get another one because. You know, I'm young, I'm fit, 
I've had COVID now. I don't feel like I need to have another vaccine. And, and after what it caused in you, I'm not going to have another one. So, and then, you know, there are people that are making the decision now not to have boosters. You know, they've had maybe one booster and they're not going to have any more. So I think, I think on the whole, that divide between vaccinated people and unvaccinated people, we just have to forget about that. We just have to completely get rid of it and forget about it because it was never a thing before, was it? So why should it be now? No, I completely, I, I completely agree with you. And I'm really glad that you said that, Charlotte, because you can see that from the media propaganda, they would try to um, get us divided even more. They try to stir up emotions that aren't there because, you know, I, many times I've spoken to, to people with vaccine injuries and they've all told me that there've been different reasons that they've had the injection. But again, repeating what you've just said in the transmission, that was the biggest reason that people went for the injection. And many of them, you know, when I speak to the unvaccinated people and they say to me, well, why would they go for an injection like that? And then you speak to somebody who's given a stark choice. You can go and sit with your mum who's dying or your dad who's dying. But in order to be able to do that, you've got to take the jab. Or you can go and visit your mum at home who's very, very poorly if you have the jab, but if you don't, you could be responsible for killing that person. And I think that is so important for, for everyone to remember that this fear on, on the transmission was what drove so many people to have this injection for, for a multitude of reasons. But let's look at some positives because I know in your group there are positives and I know that there's a lot of humor and a lot of laughter that goes on in your group and you have you have um, meetings and sessions of things that are completely unrelated and you talk to so many different people tell us some of the positives that you found and the kindness that you found from the community within uh, around you Charlotte oh there's there's been so much there's been so much from personal things that people have people have sent me things personally so just last week I had a care package sent from South Africa um with some supplements and things in um which is so kind I've never met that lady before I've never you know I've only spoken to her briefly but she just cared enough about me to send it to me and then you get um so I've had little cards and things sent by Friend, new friends that I've made in the injured community when I've felt a bit rough you know suddenly a card appears in the post saying you're awesome keep doing what you're doing and um Caroline quite often sends me funny things through the post um little tokens little little tiny little gifts that just mean so much because it it shows people care um <clears throat> even just a message you know, I've had several people that um, know me that aren't vaccine injured that have just throughout the whole two years, once a month, just get, sent me a message. How are you, Charlotte? How are things going? Just just that little message. Um, and it's been consistent throughout. And it just, it just, it, it's kind of, it's making me be teary now because it, it just um, makes you feel like you're cared about. 
And then wider, the wider community of people, we've had psychologists um, donate their time to our group. So six sessions or things like that. We've had um, people come onto our group and talk via Zoom. So we've had researchers, doctors, um, traditional medicine practitioners like homeopaths, acupuncturists, herbal medicine practitioners. We had Jane Placker on speaking to us a few few months ago, which was lovely. Um, we've had um, singing for health sessions. So we've organised singing for health sessions. We've had um, the lovely Stan Giles has been doing meditation sessions with our group once a week for several months now, which they really benefit from. Um, we currently have a a, medita- a mindfulness course, sorry, being donated by someone. Um, so we've got members signed up to a, a, a eight-week mindfulness course. Um, people have just been so kind, you know, like um, yourself as well, Christian. We've been we've been we felt cared for by by people even though on the whole it feels like an uncaring situation there's been moments where you know people have brought us to tears with their kindness so so we're really grateful and it is those small acts of kindness that mean so much isn't it and we are incredibly grateful to you charlotte because you are providing such a hugely helpful, a life-saving, I would say, resource for so many people. And I know that your group uh, remains upbeat. And I know that all these little messages do help. And, And I'm really keen that we keep those with vaccine injuries, and sadly, the numbers are increasing, at the top of the news. And we don't allow your stories to go unnoticed and unheard and that's what's really important i know to uk column that we keep the stories of those that are vaccine injured right at the top so that people know where to come to because it's really important that if you do discover or you do realize that maybe you are suffering from a vaccine injury then contact the group and when you said smallest things i want to take people back to alex's group um, and her donate page um because for as little as one pound a month, you can become a patron at one pound a month. Um, so I really would encourage everybody, please, to help this amazing group, whether it be a kindly message that costs nothing but means, as you've said, heaps, or maybe you've got a service that you you feel that would be appropriate for the group. Get in touch with Charlotte because every every single little act of kindness i know means so much and we are incredibly grateful to you charlotte especially as i know that just recently you've been very unwell i mean really unwell and many times you can't get out of bed either and yet you keep the group going but every day the group is getting bigger for all of the wrong reasons so as always, I'm not going to hold you up because I know that you get tired very quickly. And I'm always mindful of that, being a nurse. So as always, I want to leave you, Charlotte, with the last words because people need to know where you are and they need to know 
that you're there to support well, you and all, all the people. Because we must remember there's plenty of people in the group that are doing such valuable work, such as Caroline Pover, who we've spoken to before. And lots of love to you, Caroline. I'm sure you'll be watching um, because we really do appreciate all that you do. And I just have to add very quickly that, you know, this group, Charlotte and Caroline and others, have had to make very difficult journeys to London to go to parliamentary meetings, to meet with MPs, to campaign. This isn't just a support group. This is a campaign group in order to change things moving forward, because I know that you've learned so much through this, Charlotte, and that you're determined to make a difference. And for that, we're super grateful. So on that note, as always, I'm going to hand over to you, Charlotte, and, and thank you so much for joining us. And we will always, always walk with you and support you and we will always keep in contact with you so last word over to you Charlotte thank you thank you Debbie um so I think the main thing I'd like to say if you know someone that is vaccine injured or bereaved um just reach out to them in a kind way ask them what they need don't tell them what you think they need ask them what they need it might mean that they just need a hug they might need just someone to come around and have a cup of tea with them and talk to them and listen to them. Um, but it also might mean that they might need you to do something more practical for them. Um, so just ask them what they need. Um, Caroline always says one of the most beautiful phrases in the world is, what do you need? And I think it is too, because we quite often assume people need something when they need, actually need something completely different. Um, so just reach out to people in a kind way and continue to do so.